welcome to the Beers of Bands podcast with your host, Michael Torres. How's, how's your weekend going? Is it snowing where you guys are at too or no? No, not at all. Is it is it snowing in Minnesota right now? Yeah, it's been like flurries all day. It's Damn. Like, on Friday it was like 80 degrees and today it's like down to like that's, 40, 35. That's what we're dealing with basically. So it's supposed to <laughs> snow tomorrow, I think a little bit. We're in Lansing, Michigan right now okay um so but it was yeah it got up to 80 degrees this past week and it was like summertime and then now we're yeah so that's that's just how it goes i guess yeah bummers of the midwest you know <laughs> I, i'm loving it man we're both from california originally so we're still learning the midwest every year <laughs> year by year yeah uh well i'm sure you've started to figure out that spring doesn't actually start until like june and then it's like a week of spring and then immediately yeah, just it humidity yeah. it doesn't really exist i've found yeah it's <laughs> not, spring not is just this weird unpredictable period of time where you don't know what the hell you're gonna get but we love it out here though for sure hell yeah well uh if you've checked out in the episodes i do always start an episode with the crack of a beer i don't know if you have unopened ones yes, sir hell yeah yeah <laughs> you got the opener right there if you want we have uh this is two-hearted ipa from bells in kalamazoo michigan okay and a good old modello yeah, yeah. <laughs> the duality here <laughs> all right in three two one <laughs> What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Beers with Bands. Uh, this week, I'm sitting down with Pitt uh, from Michigan. Uh, how, how are you guys doing? I'm sitting down with Mitch and Ian. Uh, how y'all doing? We're good, man. Excited to be yeah. here. Yeah, dude. Uh, thank, thanks for bearing with me. I, I've, it's been a crazy year so far, uh, so I apologize for the delay in doing this. But I mean, oh, you good. obviously have been still kicking and doing a lot of stuff in, in the background, and we'll get to all that. Uh, before we jump too far, uh, like I mentioned, you guys are pit. Uh, you guys are like a sludgy, hardcore band. Uh, when I say sludgy, I mean good, wholehearted sludginess um, in there. <laughs> sure. uh, like I mentioned, you guys are Mitch and Ian. Can you just say uh, what you do in pit? Yeah, so I'm Mitch. I do uh, vocals and play guitar. And I'm Ian. I play the drums. And you'll notice we don't have a bass player. <laughs> so the guitar sort of takes care of all of that yeah i mean it's crazy to think that it's just the two of you doing this because the sound that you guys are putting out it sounds obviously like you're recording uh kind of like full instruments so it sounds so full and heavy that you forget that it's only just you two doing this i'm glad to hear it <laughs> that's the idea is that we you know we got to a point where we realized like we're probably not going to have a third person i think it's just going to be us so we you know going into recording and certainly going to play shows is just a matter of making the sound full enough and big enough that it you know makes up for all of that Absolutely. right yeah um well to kind of start off at the beginning uh you guys have been a band i think from my data collection uh for about <laughs> six months or a little bit more than six months i think you guys played your first show in december yeah um, yeah like like we kind of mentioned you're both 
from California originally. Both now live in Michigan. Um, I'm guessing you didn't both know each other in California and then moved to Michigan together. Like, wow. take me back to like the start of of finding each other and like forming Pit. Um, yeah. In the beginning. So it's um, it's interesting. So we um, right. So we both originally are from California, kind of individually. Um, and I'm originally from Reading, way up north. I went to school in Santa Cruz. I lived in the Bay Area in LA for a while. Came out here about two years ago. And about this time last year, I started really looking around for people to play music with because I was just I, I back in California, I was in bands, I, I did all that stuff, was really, really missing it in my life and found a Craigslist post for somebody up in Mount or you were even farther up north at that point. Yeah, yeah. And um, found a Craigslist post from a guy who wanted to start a hardcore punk band. He was a drummer and he had some of his recordings linked there as well. And I don't know, it, it was kind of, you know, we kind of just clicked right away. We probably met for the first time, not until like August, maybe. Yeah. Like we, we reached out in like June, like we connected. I was in Kalamazoo. He was way up north at the time. I moved to Lansing. He moved to Mount Pleasant. It's only about an hour apart. And then we probably only jammed maybe three or four times before we played our first show. And at this point <laughs> now, I think we've played as many shows as we have actual practices. For sure. So it's that hour between and we're both just really busy. We have a lot going on in our, you know, other lives. And so it's the time that we do have to practice. We try to just make the most of it. But um, it's uh, I don't know. It's some the chemistry was just there right off the bat. Thank God, because it's, you know, anybody who's tried to play with drummers before knows that like it's very hit or miss. And it's it's hard enough to find drummers, let alone ones that you can really jive with and, right. and make cool stuff with. So. We got really lucky. That's all it was. Just super lucky. Uh, well, hell yeah, to Craigslist. Craigslist strikes again. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like, like two of my friends up here in in uh, Minnesota. Like they met. Um, like one was originally from like Wisconsin and like moved to the Twin Cities and was looking for, you know, people to start a band with. And he made, found a Craigslist ad and met there someone. Uh, they've been best friends ever since and still do stuff all the time together. Uh, I think I've talked to one or two other bands on the podcast that have also met through like Craigslist situations. Yeah, you have. I mean, there's only so many ways, you know, you can find people. And we, neither of us knew anyone in this state. We didn't have any connections in any scenes or like, you know what I mean? So it was, it was like that or Facebook or I, you know, find someone at a show maybe that you happen to talk to that plays an instrument, you know, like that. those were kind of the only methods I knew of and it happened to work out. So thank God. Yeah. Otherwise and, I'd, I'd still be looking around. I'm sure. Uh, no, but like even like going to shows and like trying to meet people that way. Um, like I'm not originally from the twin cities. I, I moved here probably like three or four years ago. And I know like moving to a new city, going to a shows, and trying to talk to people that you like get into like the new into the scene can be so difficult to do that so i mean that that at least worked where you had you had that craigslist out like way to like get together yeah. and then it's not like you're trying to just infiltrate the scene by yourself right you are going at it together definitely to try to do this and because it's yeah. so daunting to do that yeah dude and, and i think we've definitely felt that you know even just like trying to get shows on our own and and 
kind of make a name for herself when when we don't have any connections or we don't know anybody you know it's we really feel like it's like us two against the world sometimes <laughs> you know it's that kind of mentality where we feel like outsiders a lot of the times and we and we you know whether that's because we're not from Michigan or we're not from this particular scene or you know what I mean so funny enough though what we found out is that we're both from fresno california originally which is like one of the shittier parts of the state um so we i don't know i think it's this sort of like chip on the shoulder like underdog mentality that i think is like both of us kind of felt with each other right away and mm -hmm. has been sort of like an undercurrent with with pit thus far i mean it's still crazy that like what are the odds that you meet someone both from california and you find out like yeah at one point you guys both were from fresno yeah and like it just adds <laughs> it, it just adds more to the pit lore i feel like there you go yeah <laughs> for sure yeah um but like i mentioned first show was in december i think it was like the 16th or something like that mid-december ish um and then i mean you guys came out swinging so far in 2023 you have two eps out so far uh, the first one was a self-titled pit, uh, which came out in beginning of January. Uh, nice four-song uh, EP, really good introduction as to what you know Thank pit you. is and, and can be. Um, and then you had uh, cynical come out in mid March, so mm -hmm. at the time of this recording, about a month ago. Because uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> completely forget what day it is, but yeah, we're we're about a month 15th, from yeah. that one. Uh, and in and now even coming up in June. So a little bit before this, this episode comes out, you have your third EP already coming out um, called bastard of reality, which I mean, obviously you guys are meshing so well, if you're able to crank out all these EPs so quick, like what's the thought process behind doing that? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it, it has to do a lot with, um, how excited we are to actually be in a van but also just like i guess our 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 life tempos we're trying to crank it out as fast as possible while we still got like some left in the tank you know what yeah I mean? and mo it's a matter of like momentum too like i've always just had this feeling of like if we stop we die you know if we if i if i don't post anything on pit instagram for five days it means we're dead you know nobody's gonna pay attention to us anymore if we don't put out an ep every couple months everyone's gonna forget about us you know so like that's that's been the, there's like an urgency behind that and i think it's informed by like ian was saying both of our sort of life circumstances i think like i'm uh you know ian's a father i'm probably will be soon like we're at, we're at that point in our lives you know where it's like we we have this creativity we have this urgency to like make this music but we're also very conscious of the reality that we're not going to be able to do this forever you know and that like we want to make the most of it while we can and we do have this awesome chemistry and we we're able to write songs pretty like we just before we got on here we just learned a new song <laughs> that'll be for the new EP. So we're, you know, we're trying to just crank it out. Um, and it's, it's just satisfying too, to be able to have products, you know, to, to have like stuff that we've made at the end of the day that we can go back to and be proud of. And, and so ultimately it's just about, you know, at the end of the day, looking back on it, feeling good about what we've accomplished and not feeling like we left anything, you know, didn't leave everything on the field, I should say. Right. I'll use that metaphor. Yeah. 
now with this new ep obviously i've, I've listened to, to pit and in uh cynical um and for people that might not have listened to this this new ep yet like what what can we expect from this one like do you guys know like how, how many songs are gonna be on it like i i'm yeah. obviously coming in and not knowing anything about it so like tell me sure. all the details yeah so it's it's uh we got it pretty mapped out at this point it's gonna be four tracks um one of them is gonna be a cover of an agnostic front song called victim and pain that's very much this guy's influence um ian is like the biggest scholar of like 80s hardcore punk <laughs> that i know of so he definitely helps bring that to the table um but i can tell you the first three tracks including the cover are going to be really fast shorter uh just kind of um more kind of hardcore punk the last song is going to be our longest song yet and it's going to be just a big old sludge fest <laughs> so that's what i can tell you for that okay hell yeah dude yeah uh obviously for like the the second ep uh in cynical you guys do a cover in that one um like what was the idea behind doing that cover and then also doing you know covering agnostic front like everyone knows who that is and that's like kind of a little daunting to to a really well-known band <laughs> cover i think i think it had to do a lot with um I, my roots do lie in hardcore punk but i mean they're all over the place the same with mitch like he he's underselling himself we both have like big hardcore punk roots but we also love like doom and sludge so electric wizard is just i feel like that was just a shoe in for both of us because it's probably besides black sabbath gotta be like a top tier all-time band yeah, for sure for sure and a huge influence on both of us like especially dope throne and come my fanatics and like those albums that are just like the heaviest shit imaginable and so like with return trip that was we were just like we want we knew we wanted to do a cover um i think we thought let's do a black sabbath cover but then quickly realized like we need an amazing bass player if we're going to do a proper back black sabbath cover yeah. and so i think we just landed on the one electric wizard song that we knew we could pull off you know we do kind of a shortened version of it and but to be honest, I mean, we played it live once so far and it didn't quite land the way we were hoping it would live. So we're, we're probably going to like revisit it a little bit. But I don't know, as far as the Agnostic Front song, like what made you want to, that was definitely, that was all him as far as picking that one. I think it was, it had to do a lot with, um, I don't know, there's just bands that have been like key in my like bringing up and stuff, I guess, in my, in my roots of hardcore punk. And I just had like a resurgence of hearing like United Blood, which is Agnostic Front's first um, EP before uh, Victim and Pain, the LP. And I was just listening to it and I was like, man, I don't know, Victim and Pain, it, it, it's relatively easy. It's fast. It's short. And I fucking any any chance I get to put to plug like a good hardcore punk band into the scene, I'll do. You know what I mean? That's true. Mm -hmm. So yeah we were we were uh pretty heartbroken at one of our first show i think it was our second show it was in pontiac and somebody asked the crowd if they knew negative approach which is like detroit's premier hardcore legacy band and the whole cr the whole room didn't respond like oh. there was like a handful of us were like oh hell yeah and nobody <laughs> else knew 
and they played tied down i think right yeah, after they did a cover of tied down and it was sweet iconic yeah it's, it's just like classic detroit hardcore shit and um it was just it was heartbreaking nobody nobody knew it so Crazy. you know if we can if we can inject some electric wizard and an agnostic front and kind of you know both sides of the ball both you know kind of like angles of our influence i think like that's those are very positive things we can bring to the table because i think it, it reflects really well on like how we mesh too because mm-hmm. i mean mitch can tell you i'm a punk drummer like through and through um slowing down for <laughs> has been like a first for me yeah even, even though i love the music that was it in the new song we were just learning the big challenge was like ian trying to slow down so i could actually play with him <laughs> So it's like, I mean, I guess we're just showing both sides of the coin, but all of our influences, you know, that's probably the the, the main thought that went into it. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, kind of bouncing off like what you said, where someone was asking about, uh, you know, an old school hardcore band from, from Detroit and like the crowd not knowing. Um, I think it was like a couple months ago, uh, like NPR here, like the Minnesota NPR version. I don't know how that breaks down but uh, they they started doing they did like a whole documentary series on like the hardcore scene in the twin cities and like as someone that's from iowa and like growing up the only hardcore thing in iowa everyone knows is slipknot that's as oh that's our our (laughs) go-to but it was was cool to like watch all these uh every week when they would put them out and uh like learn about all this like yeah Mm-hmm. unknown hardcore scene in in minnesota that i'm sure some of my friends probably don't know about and that have been here a lot longer and i was like damn this shit is sick so i bet yeah. what i'm getting at is for everyone that's in your cities see if anything is out there like brush up on all these old school bands because like they yeah. fucking well rip. god especially i mean minnesota's got an amazing music i mean i husker do and prince and like there's yeah. all kinds of but um uh michigan michigan is arguably the most like storied state in terms of music american music history like between motown and techno and rap and garage rock and punk like and death metal like all of it like either comes from or has like really strong roots in michigan and so for I don't, it's just a shame for people now to be like playing music that clearly is a a legacy of that or Mm -hmm. like has roots in that to not be aware of where it comes from. It's just a bummer. You know, I would just echo. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's fun to learn about music (laughs) history. It's fun to learn about, you know, where this stuff comes from. So yeah, definitely would encourage people to look up negative approach for sure. It's a good, well, shit. From Minneapolis. I love who's going Zen Arcade is like a top 10 or 15 album for sure for me. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and like, so, uh, it's funny enough, I think some of these bands, um, I, I know Husker, Husker Du, I don't know if Agnostic Front was on the list this year, but uh, for Record Store Day, like, they're getting repressed or like first time on vinyl for some of their records. Um, like, the list is sick, and I wish I could spend the money on it this year. Right. Uh, yeah. But I, I got to miss out on it. That's the struggle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. record store day man that'll get you yeah uh but kind of going back uh obviously first shows are back in december and you've played a, a handful of shows since then you have a handful of midwest shows uh coming up but like what's i know we talked about how like it can be hard getting into the scene and like 
especially getting booked on these shows. Yeah. But do you feel like it's come a little easier since, you know, the first few shows? Or how do you feel like it's changed? Yes, I think so. Um, It's kind of like, I will say first and foremost, like if you have hardcore somewhere in your name or your like genre, like that makes things easier right off the bat because there's immediately like a network across the country of hardcore bands and associated bands that you can like sort of like it was amazing before we even had our first EP out before we had any music out there just the fact that we said we're a new like raise our hand and said hey we're a new Michigan sludgy hardcore band people got excited just at the prospect of that like people got Mm. excited you know and and were like excited to see us and hear our stuff and all that and I, I was kind of blown away I was just like I wasn't expecting that at all but I really think it's if you have that label that you can sort of lean on a little bit like the the genre label of hardcore like that it helps let people know like at least that you're part of that universe of music, you know? And then I think once we, we kind of put some feelers out there in terms of like demo recordings and that kind of thing. And then I don't know, people have just been incredibly receptive out here. I mean, that's, you know, like we haven't been crazy about every band we've played with, but like, they've all been incredibly welcoming and like encouraging and supportive. And um, it's been, I don't know, it's been awesome in that regard. It's definitely, it's all gone much faster and smoother than I would have expected out of the gate for sure. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, absolutely. I feel like the, uh, I would say the scene has been welcoming like really welcoming with open arms but um maybe the music in a way it's just like it's new and it's different so we can't we haven't found our niche of bands that are like us because i don't really know if there are any in michigan uh that are like kind of slow it down a little bit get a little more heavy there's a lot more like newer hardcore bands which is cool but um i mean it seems like every day we're getting more and more people that are into it so maybe it's just one of those things that's going to take a little bit of time for the, for the music to really hit, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously I, I'm a few States away. Uh, so I wasn't sure like how much of a actual like hardcore scene there was. I, like I've had a, probably like a handful of bands on that are from Michigan, like the Detroit mm-hmm. area, but they all seem to be like uh, emo or like the Midwest emo uh, sure. side of things. So it's kind of nice to see like the whole flip side on the other side of, of the spectrum where you have like the sludgy hardcoreness going on um, yeah. and keeping yeah. it alive. For sure. We're trying, man. Yeah. I think <laughs> getting, getting a foot in the door, like get hopefully with like uh it's another cool thing about like, we're not a cover band and I don't even think I've ever like thought about <laughs> playing a cover before, but it is yeah. cool to at least like when someone opens the EP and sees return trip by electric wizard then that'll pique their interest to be like who is electric wizard who is agnostic front you know so if we're spreading the gospel at least a little bit i mean i'm i'm okay with that yeah yeah uh and then later in this year after all these midwest shows uh which there might be more coming up you are taking uh, a fun little trip tour to uh california and doing a run that's shows right there. hell uh, yeah that's that is uh i'm we're so excited <laughs> about that um yeah we're so we're starting in san diego we're ending in chico 
which is again i'm from Reading, which is way up north about an hour from chico so it's like the closest i'm ever going to get to playing in my hometown because there's there's hardly i mean the fact that they have any sort of a hardcore scene up there is like blows my mind because like it bare nothing like that was going on when i was growing up there but um i don't we're so excited we have a lot of friends out in california um we have a lot of people who have wanted us to come out there who have been excited about it and um the reception so far has been amazing um yeah so it's 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 in august so it's a little ways away and hopefully we'll have plenty of shows leading up till then um but we can't wait we're excited yeah i mean that's that's fucking awesome that you guys are basically getting to do like a a return to california trip and take <laughs> pit out there and do all this um was it uh, obviously you have a bunch of people like wanting you guys to come out was it just enough people kept bugging you that you were just like okay we need we need to make this happen yeah i mean it was sort of like i had heard from enough people out there and it sort of just kind of came together in my mind of like we could string together enough of these dates and make it feasible and and there's people we can stay with out there and it's not just you know it's if we were going to like florida or like new york or something like i i don't i don't know about you but like i don't know anyone out there i wouldn't know where to begin but like this was because we have so many roots in california it was kind of like the obvious place for us to look at playing shows and it just kind of worked out that way and and some of the places that you know like non plus ultra is this place in la that's like a underground inclusive arts kind of space um that when i was living in la i always thought like man it would be so cool to play here and you know now we're able to do that so it's it's phenomenal um and you know i don't know what the future holds beyond that tour and like next year for this band and all that but that's something that i'll definitely be able to look back on and be really really proud and happy that we made that happen fuck yeah uh no hopefully th- that run of shows goes well uh hopefully you know that's great turnout and you get to see uh all the, all your guys' homies come out for it too uh they better like, you're listening like that, better yeah that, that's the shit that i always miss is just getting to a different town and just like always having people that you know or or uh our homies yeah. there that will because like it's always fun yeah you're you're there playing shows but it's also like you get to see your friends and, like oh yeah too. well especially people that i like played music with in california like 10 years ago you know like back in the day and to be able to come back a decade later and and feels like a lifetime later and to still be able to do that is such a cool thing um uh i i I wanted to hop hop back into this this new ep bastard of reality uh comes out june 2nd so like i said by the time this episode comes out it's been out for uh a week or two i gotta look at the schedule for sure um but oh i hope we hope we pulled it off again (laughs) (laughs) um but uh i mean like like you said it's gonna be four songs three original new new uh new cover for agnostic agnostic front um but like what what's what's some other details that like you can you can tell me about this that um that some people might not know yeah so well the so the title black sabbath fans will realize that the title is very clearly a ripoff of master of reality which was their third release so our first release was pit theirs was black sabbath their second release was paranoid ours is cynical 
and then master of reality, bastard of reality. So we're we're clearly, you know, we're giving big uh, big props to the Godfather's Black Sabbath. Um, but uh, I, you know, the the artwork is by Dina Marshallak. She's a friend of mine from college, a San Francisco-based artist who does a lot of collage and illustration kind of stuff. Um, I think it really uh, paints a great picture for what the EP is going to sound like. If, if you look at the cover art, it's kind of um, images of these like biblical demons and devils and sort of things mixed in with images of people moshing in this collage sort of way that um, I don't know. I, I think, you know, gives a lot to what we're, trying to do musically i think um it's it's that blend of frenetic you know anxious hardcore punk with like really slow evil building sludge kind of stuff so that's the kind of stuff that we love and that's what we want to be creating so um that's hopefully what this ep will be it'll be kind of similar to cynical in terms of um guitar tones and and the richness of it and all that we're going back to the same uh recording studio io studio just outside of detroit um with patrick schufoltz he's a really great guy if people want to hit him up um and then rye ellery out in the bay area is going to mix it again um they are just the absolute champion you should go check out their band greyhound if you haven't greyhound in the bay area oh there's a spider holy shit yeah. <laughs> oh my god let me get this. All right, you can add in there that we're spider killers. <laughs> there we go. Fuck you. Make a song about it. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. but I, I, I'm stoked to see uh, what this one's like when it's fully done. Uh, nice, you know, follow up and, and to see where the transition's going and, and the continuation of Pit. Um, obviously, like you said, you guys are still working on some stuff tonight. Uh, do you already have in mind uh, obviously by the time this comes out you'll probably be working on like ep6 or something but like what can we expect <laughs> hopefully going in the future after uh bachelor of reality well well i don't know honestly it's hard to we were just so stoked on the sound of our last one that it's like it's hard to jump ship now because like we really got it right with the second one we're we that's the thing about like being new to a state too and not knowing a scene is we also mm -hmm. didn't know where we were going to record our first EP. Yeah. So trial and error on that. Cause I can, I can tell you like historically, like living in California, Ryan Ellery in the Bay area at shark bite studios, like that's who I would go to. No question. Like I would drive five hours to go record with them, but like out here is kind of a crapshoot. We didn't really know. And we first went to Rust Belt Studios for our first EP, and it's an amazing studio. It's like it's they've done incredible records, like all kinds of genres, but we just didn't feel like they knew what we were going for necessarily. Mm. And, th and that might have been on us, like we hadn't communicated that properly. But I mean, we left that session after like six hours or whatever, not having the guitar tone we wanted at all, you know, like, and that's, it's just a bummer. But again, Ryan Ellery mixed the shit out of that, got it to where we wanted. And then, you know, for the second one, recording with Patrick at IO studio was right off the bat, sort of like he, he got what we were going for, got us the sound we wanted. 
so we're going back to him again so we're excited to like have that sort of like automaticness of it again that we had last time for sure you know because it's it's tough to go into a studio that hasn't really heard your stuff before doesn't really know what you're going for and you try to just sort of articulate it but it takes you know hours or days sometimes to really like get what you want out of it so but as far as like like other releases in the future i mean if you follow the uh the black sabbath discography we've got volume four coming up we've got pit bloody pit coming up so we'll see though we'll see well you know at some point a full length would be amazing um you know, that's a matter of if we have like a studio or a, a label that can help support that kind of thing. Um, I think I can spoil it right now because I think by th- at this point we'll have announced it. But those first three EPs, we're actually going to be releasing on a 12 inch vinyl record uh, probably early next year. So that's through twice as high records, uh, friends of ours in Virginia um and then glaze music which is the music collective that we're a part of that's based uh, mostly in california but all over the country um but so we'll definitely early next year we'll have that physical release if there's more beyond that hopefully we'll have announced it by now so dude fuck yeah like yeah. It's, it's always something special like i i since i do the podcast i can't really like put anything that i do like on format i i know i think i've I think I've seen a couple podcasts like put some of their episodes to, like tape. <laughs> yeah, that's it's gonna be looks, really good episodes. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Like it looks cool and that'd be cool to have, but at the same time, it's like, I yeah, I'd have to find like the perfect episodes to do that. But like yeah. to be able to put any of the stuff that you're working on on a physical format to hold and to have, like I that's what you it's, want, it's gonna right? Be great. I mean, yeah. that's 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 kind of the ball game at the end of the day. Is like that's what you really want you know and and i think like i've been in bands in the past where we just did tapes and i kind of hate tapes personally like i just think they sound like shit and it's like if you're gonna go through you're gonna spend all this money and all this time on recording process and mixing and mastering like you want the end product to reflect all of that and to really incorporate all of that and that's where vinyl will actually do that in a way that neither of us have able, you know, been able to experience before, like with other bands. So yeah, definitely exciting. Fuck yeah. Uh, are you guys, I, I know this is still a ways out, but are you guys just doing, uh, just playing black or are you going to try and do a, a color uh, wave in there? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think it depends yeah. on how it's perceived, you know, like we're, we're going to probe it and see like um, if there, there should be a market for it, but right we'll see how the first one sells and then well we we flirted with the idea you know because it would i guess like the whole black and red theme it'd be cool to do like a red like a low press of red or something oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah because like the the other thing you gotta like almost factor in since you're doing all three on the one pressing uh a color that like represents all three eps yeah. Mm-hmm. um but yeah i think doing like a, a sing like a small pressing of red and then obviously like the rest black i think that would be pretty sick no absolutely yeah i'm a i'm a huge sucker for vinyl too like huge vinyl collector and i know i'm always the guy that's like there's only a hundred on this cover <laughs> i gotta get it you know what i mean so oh, yeah i do not feel you there <laughs> so yeah we, we we've talked about it so it's definitely a 
it's a possibility probably a large possibility actually okay sweet sweet and then uh obviously you said you you're you the pressings are going to be done through um uh, sorry the yeah <laughs> twice as high records they're, as high. they're helping us yeah put this out so we're going through a pressing place in cleveland i can't remember the name of it though i can't either yeah <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, you yeah. know, everyone that's listening, be on the lookout for that announcement and uh, where you, you can get uh, those pre-orders and, and do all that fun stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll talk links kind of towards the later half of the episode. Sweet. Sounds good. Um, but as, as we start to transition here, um, I want to make sure I covered as much pit lore as as I, as I could. Uh, was there anything that I missed pit you guys uh the upcoming ep or any previous eps that you want the people to know about um i think people should know that this guy ian so the opening track cynical from our last ep cynical um he learned that the morning that we recorded it so so if you listen to that now and you listen to how fucking great those drums are just remember that was probably the second time he played it through is when he recorded it so i had i had played it a lot on my own for weeks leading up to that but that was anyways people (laughs) should know that that's that's fucking amazing to know that like props (laughs) to you dude thanks man i appreciate it that's i mean i guess that's the great thing about just having chemistry you know what i mean it's it's kind of easy to to bounce off each other that's the thing is i yeah i i had total faith going into it that he would in fact learn it that morning and then we would drive to the studio and he could lay it down and that's what happened so um yeah man chemistry is everything yeah well uh like i said i'm stoked uh with everything he's got going on i i'm stoked to see what uh what the next uh iteration and down the line is for pit and see how far you guys take this appreciate it man, Thanks, man. So us too yeah <laughs> um well this is obviously beers with fans uh all these episodes you don't have to be drinking any alcohol because i'll definitely most of the time do that for you uh, <laughs> but i know you fine Gold. gentlemen are drinking uh a couple beverages tonight what are you drinking on this fine sunday night i'm drinking a uh, bell's two-hearted IPA. Bell's is based in Kalamazoo. They are one of Michigan's flagship breweries and Two Hearted has been ranked the best beer in America several times. And I'm I'm uh, going with Old Classic, Old Faithful, some Modelo, Simple Man. Oh, yeah. Not he, hard to please. I, I asked him what kind of beer he wanted. He said Modelo or any Mexican beer. <laughs> so that's where he's at. Like I'm the California and i'm representing the finest of michigan right here so although i'm I'm drinking out of a lost close lost coast brewery glass this is humboldt california okay so we're representing both at the same time uh so before i get to what i'm drinking uh on your note of of uh modelo's like that's so back home that's like me and my cousins all drink modelo's all the time when we're we're hanging out and uh probably like Three years ago, I went out and visited friends that had just moved to like San Diego, and we we went to a couple of different uh, bars when we were going around, and I was so happy that I was because like growing up in Iowa, like it's bush light. That's all you're gonna fucking get, and you're gonna deal with it. Um, so it was great to go to like different bars and actually have them have Modelo 
Yeah. Whether it was on, t- like, not on tap, but, like, at least in there so you could order it. I was like, dude, this is fucking heaven. Oh, yeah, man. Like, Pacifico, Tecate, Dos Equis. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. At a, at a bar in Hollywood, or not Hollywood, in Koreatown in Los Angeles that I used to live down the street from. They had what was called the it was this HMS Bounty in Koreatown. They had the Wise Man Special, where for I think four dollars you could get a shot of tequila and a tecate. Four dollars, like that shit will yeah, <laughs> that'll ruin you quickly. <laughs> uh, but what I'm drinking today is you know a good old PBR. Oh, uh, you, you know can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Tastes like college. Yeah, award-winning, you know, got that blue yeah. ribbon, so that's all that matters. <laughs> They're lifetime champs. <laughs> yeah. Big PBR guy myself. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. The top-tier shit beer, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I respect <laughs> it. Uh, the early logos that I used to do for the podcast, I just ripped off the PBR logo. Uh, sure. Still classic. Still clutch. It's absolutely oh, classic. Yeah. 100%. I can understand that completely. Yeah. Um, all right. So there's there's the beer segment for this episode. Uh, cool. Some good brews had all around. Uh, but now we're going to kind of transition to the later half of these episodes, which are always my favorite part of the episodes. Uh, this is where I get to hear some stories from you guys' time of music, uh, whether it's shows, tours, time recording. Um, they can be Pit or any other project uh, previous. Uh, as I normally say, they can be anything horrendous to tremendous or any adjective in between. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. I feel, I don't know. Some of our, our shows are pretty tame. Yeah. I feel <laughs> the, the craziest <laughs> shit that we've had to deal with so far is like driving home from Grand Rapids when it's like a blizzard outside. And we're like terrified for our lives. And we're just like, was this really worth it to play our 10 minute set? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it was and we're here so it was but um i don't know man i've had i uh so i've been playing music for about probably 12 years at this point um and you know this was mostly in california and i i just remember shit like um you know we in santa cruz we had a house where we would throw probably two shows a month and the cops would come every single time and it was just like clockwork it was like we'd get done right at 10 o'clock they would show up tell everyone to leave and we would just be like yeah we know we got it we it's figured out um but that was just that was just life for a long time um dealing with that or you know like being on the road and i remember the I remember getting pulled over and the guys in my band were passing around a spliff and had an open bottle of whiskey in the back and they spilled it all over the carpet right as the cop is walking up to my car and we somehow didn't get in any trouble for any of that. Um, So I don't know, there's been shit like that, but then like, as far as our stuff, I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing really crazy that I've seen that goes on at uh, any of the shows that we've been to. I, I would say the uh, one of the wilder things I've seen was the Ham's House in East Lansing, yeah, which was a uh, which is a great little punk house. Um, they <laughs> they built. We played there back in January, and they had just built this outdoor like snow shelter sort of thing. <laughs> 
where they put a bunch of like planks of wood on the top of it and covered it. And it was, it was just like the jankiest looking little like igloo that they could have made, but they were so proud of it. And it was packed with people at this show and people are like smoking weed in there and they're just enjoying it. And then it's, and then it collapsed like several times throughout the show. They kept rebuilding it and it would collapse again. And I went to law school and the like, and the, the like lawyer in me is just like thinking about the many myriad liabilities going on there. But like, God bless these kids. They don't give a shit, you know? So <laughs> it's funny. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm 30. I just turned 30. He, you're what? 26. Yeah. And like, we're constantly playing around like 18 to 21 year olds, you know? And it's just a different world. I'm just not in that world anymore. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's a whole different mindset. And like, I like, like I said, like I used to be in that world, you know, when, when the cops would come every night and like, but that was just part of life, but it's like, it's a weird thing to sort of reconcile now, you know, cause we're like, we're playing this music that's like very crazy and energetic or whatever but it's like at the end of the night i think we both like feel kind of old usually (laughs) well i guess i guess there is a pretty decently funny one the the last show that we played this uh this dude i guess he bought um a house that used to be a credit union like turned it into a lovable home (laughs) yeah and then it was like in the middle of nowhere this is in muskegon yeah in muskegon and um it was a cool little place. Some an older dude, and I, I don't know how many people were actually living in that house, but it was an older group of dudes, like fifties, sixties, that ran the place, and um, they had us out, which was cool of them. But it was funny because we were playing in the basement, and there's a fucking pole right <laughs> yeah. in the middle, like a like a support beam uh, right yeah. in the middle of the whole the whole show. Just asking so, to give someone a concussion. Oh yeah. Yeah, these kids are are skanking around, moshing around, dancing, whatever. And um, usually I'm locked in when I'm playing the drums, so like I don't really look up. I can't really tell you what the crowd's doing or if I could remember. I'm usually just in my own my own world. But uh, out of the corner of my eye, I just see a kid eat the pole face first, like. <laughs> and I I like I stumbled for a second because I started laughing, and I was like, oh man, yeah, good times. I they actually had us move ours like the drum set and the cabinet so that we were angled to where they could like avoid the pole but i kept mm. seeing people get pushed into it it's inevitable yeah. an obstacle right in the middle of the dance floor i remember during someone else's set uh somebody came and told the owner of the place that one of the pipes was leaking that there was water coming through and they just like <laughs> they they went and checked it out but they didn't do anything about it and i just you know the whole time was just thinking like like that's a problem like you guys gotta figure out what's going on there but they're just like ah fuck it we'll just you know whatever damage they do during the show we'll just let them do that and then we'll right. figure it out afterwards oh yeah. yeah so it's it's a lot of that going on you know but we will we will play anywhere anytime we don't give a shit so oh yeah yeah uh i remember there's there used to be this venue uh, a long time ago i think i think it hasn't been there for at least four or five years now uh but it was basically like in the back of this record store there was like a a room maybe the size of like you're looking at my bedroom right now like yeah. maybe a little bit bigger than this right not crazy big 
and it had like a stupid high drum riser for no fucking reason but like there there would be some sick shows that i'd seen there and uh there would also be like a pole like right about like here uh and the stage is like up here like you're you're pretty close and the amount of people that would just smoke that thing and it like originally that room wasn't that big so like it was just always in the way and then they like tore down a wall and like expanded the room a little bit so it wasn't like it was more like back further in the crowd but i was just like yeah. this is insane just to like try and one as like a dude that doesn't get in the pit because yes i'm afraid right. of getting hit uh I, staying hey, in the I back i gotta yeah. avoid that pull just to like see and shit man speaking of the the pit stuff like that is something that's fucking different now like and i i said i feel like i sound old when i say this but like the whole like crowd killing thing that people do now where it's like everybody's a ninja all of a sudden and they're doing these windmills and shit like that used to be only reserved for like corny ass like metalcore shows and mm. stuff and now that's like the default hardcore thing and it's it's really bizarre to me i don't know what happened to like regular mosh pits now they're like looked down upon for some reason maybe that's just in michigan i don't know but for the record, we're totally okay with like push pits, you know, with people just like having a good time running in circles. Like, that's totally fucking fine. You don't have to like be a ninja. Right. But, Man, I don't know. I'd never, I, I've been to so many punk shows where it's like, it, it's like that, you know, there's kids like just running in a circle, dancing, pushing each other, no, no harm, no foul, which is cool. Uh, I went to go see a show in Virginia when I was living in North Carolina and Terrorizer, the grindcore band was headlining. It was a weird bill, but I, I went out for, for them. And then um, who else put gel played um, bib armor, which I'm a huge fan of those Tallahassee, Florida bands. Um, but there was a lot of like uh, newer hardcore bands too. And I remember fucking looking at that pit and there had to be goddamn like D1 linebackers in there, bro. <laughs> I was actually, it was the only one I ever had to like step back. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm not, I'm not getting in there. That, that shit was scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, okay. like it's like, I haven't been to too many hardcore shows uh, lately. So I don't know how it is, at least in the, in the Twin Cities, if they're like the, the crowd. I hope it's different, place. man. I hope it's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I remember. I remember specifically, and I think I told this story before, but it's just one of my favorite fucking memories, is uh, I went to go see Real Friends and Neck Deep play in Iowa City one year, and they, it was a weird, I don't know how they, why they did it that year, but it was, uh, I don't remember who the opening band was, but then it went Cruel Hand, then Neck Deep, and Real Friends, and peak, like, it was like peak like neck deep and real friends so like you got like 15 year old girls there that are there to see them already right. have like the merch that they just went and bought and like they're, they're all <laughs> they're our yeah. right yeah already on and, and everything and uh so the first band gets done there's like five rows of just all these girls and cruel hand goes up there and the singer of cruel hands like uh just so y'all know like he points at them and talks to them specifically he's like just so y'all know uh neck deep doesn't play for another 45 minutes uh have fun and then they hit that first note and the entire circle because like the, in iowa we're all spread out uh like iowa city's one scene yeah and des moines is like another they're two and a half hours away but there's a group of people at least there used to be that would 
if there was a hardcore band playing anywhere basically in the state, they would roll out to those shows. Oh, which God. I mean, they 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 called themselves a collective, uh, but they were all like super nice dudes, and like sometimes you would have some that would crowd kill a little bit, but it really was just like they're there to to listen to hardcore music, do yeah. their thing, have a good time. But Cruel Hand hit that first note. Everyone that goes to shows knew what was about to happen, so that pit opened up hard. And those girls were in a rough time. Uh, like they were far enough up front where they were definitely getting jammed into the stage, yeah. but it, it was I, the funniest thing. Oh, dude, I I remember <laughs> like being back in <laughs> back in fucking like 2012 in Santa Cruz. I remember the one one of the few like sort of fights I've ever been in in my life. That's a good story. <laughs> uh, basically, I, I I was working at Cold Stone. I was in college at the time. I was working at Cold Stone Creamery, which is a god awful job. I got off work and I biked over to the Pioneer, which was like the local hardcore venue in Santa Cruz. There was some I can't even remember who was playing. I remember going in there and my buddy Ted is like not that he's not that tall he's like pretty small dude he's in the back of the venue and there's this like 400 like this guy is like massive like like upwards of 300 pounds like and he's windmilling and he's moving backwards and he's just like threatening everybody within like a five foot radius of him and he kept almost like decking my buddy ted in the back and so i went and stood by him and was trying to like fend off this guy and that guy he he went back and he made contact with me and he hit me right on the head and i just dropped to the ground like it was just in an instant i opened my eyes something in my fight or flight response told me to go tackle him <laughs> so i did i tackled him and the next thing i knew i was on the ground and there were probably four guys around me kicking me in the stomach and they were like, that's my fucking brother, dude. You don't fuck with, you know. And I find out later that these are, this is like a crew of dudes from San Jose who comes down to all the Santa Cruz shows to like fuck people up basically, Damn. like for fun. And I was the guy that they fucked up that night. Oh but, my God. <laughs> with Tsunami or San Jose, where Tsunami's from and Spy and like a bunch of big hardcore bands now um and shout out to san jose i love san jose i lived there after college like that's it's a great city uh shout out to spy as well they're fantastic but um anyways yeah like i don't know people people are weird and territorial and they can be hostile in that environment and it's just it's bizarre to me because i've seen so much camaraderie and community and like good things happening in that environment that to see people come in with the sole purpose of like fucking people up is like bizarre to me it's so strange it sucks it's like a it seems like a reincarnation of what fucking like uh jocks and stuff used to do in the early 80s or like in the 80s hardcore scene be a bunch of dudes who would come up just to beat kids up and then leave and care about the music you know what i mean yeah, it yeah, shit's shit's pretty crazy. Thankfully, like I said, I haven't experienced that much of that in or much of that in the Midwest. You you'll have like a couple, at least in like Iowa, when I would go to some hardcore shows, you'd see a few people that would crowd kill, and then uh, if you it's, you it's hope that someone here, just got them big. Uh, but yeah, um, it's weird. I don't know. I, we don't know what to do about it. I guess I got a funny one. Should I tell the one that I told yeah, you earlier? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
no it's not a it's not a crowd killing thing but it, it was a funny uh experience at least i was laughing but maybe that's just my fucked up sense of humor but there was a show the band's name eludes me now but they had a they had a shtick they were a good band um i think they were like they were kind of gothed out like they wore the 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 blood and the eyeshadow and stuff and the singer would do it a bit where they they had a coffin and they'd put him in the coffin and then they'd fucking <laughs> they'd pass the coffin around the crowd and uh he would sing while being in the coffin which i guess like the premise is it could be all right if done properly but right. uh, they didn't choose the right people to do it because i guess there's like a designated group of people that would they knew where to go they'd map it out before or whatever but um they're fucking carrying this thing and they end up taking the dude outside too far and they're like oh no this isn't it this isn't it and i'm watching the whole thing i'm not even paying attention to the band at this point because i'm like where's this guy going um they come back and they try to set him back down on stage and the people carrying it drop it on the guitarist his back turned hits him in the leg crushes the dude's pedal board and i'm like oh yeah and he had like a, a nice pedal board a bunch of pedals i can only imagine how much it costs um and i'm like sitting there trying to get this day it's like a, thankfully the singer is a small dude but i could only imagine how much that coffin weighed empty so right. that on your leg and your pedals i'm like trying to lift this this coffin off of this pedal board and then like i don't know it was just it was funny probably shouldn't have been laughing but it was funny and then people were just like man fuck this they just started leaving uh, after seeing that, but the risk you run by having a coffin as part of your set yeah, you want to do theatrics you gotta think yeah right you gotta be ready for it i'm sure it was only like maybe i'm sure that was like one of the last shows that they decided like oh maybe we should not do this anymore yeah that guitarist is like fucking it's near the coffin <laughs> like, yeah. drop it on my leg again i'm yeah. done Secretly, that guitarist hated the coffin uh, stick the entire time, but he was like, this is the final straw. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. After you almost broke my leg, <laughs> I'm done. <Jeez. laughs> yeah, good times. Uh, no, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine having a coffin or let alone a coffin with a person land on my leg or my <laughs> pedal board. Uh, and I'm really, I don't have a pedal board at all, but I would probably be pissed yeah yeah it's a lot of money just crunched away for a stupid little gimmick it it, it had reminded me of it because at the last show that we played at the credit union it was pretty crowded and people kept stepping on his pedal oh yeah (laughs) that like key moments in the song i'm like god damn it there's no fucking distortion here and i look and somebody's standing on my pedal so yeah jeez it happens yeah part of the deal uh well i mean dudes mitch ian this has been uh, a great great night great conversation uh i i want to i want to thank you for hounding me as much as you did uh i like i said it's been a crazy year uh and i it's like a weird place right now but i'm thank you for for hounding me and, and keeping of course, me, man. we knew it'd be a good one today yeah um uh if anyone's looking for merch music or just pit in general where can they find it so pit michigan on instagram at pit michigan uh we're pit michigan Bandcamp. um you can find we're pit on spotify apple music uh but all our merch is on the Bandcamp. uh i would just say follow us on instagram we're, we're pretty active on there obnoxiously so 
and uh, you'll you'll have more than enough information coming at you from the Instagram. So just follow us on there. Hell yeah, You're uh, yeah. Depending on where you found, <laughs> depending where you found this episode, uh, whether it's you know Facebook, Twitter's, Instagram, or the YouTube's, and you got to see their lovely faces like I did tonight. Uh, check the description below and hit all the hyperlinks. Make sure you follow them on all the socials and stay up to date on everything that Pitt has going on and be ready for, you know, Bachelor of Reality, which is already out and should have like a million streams already. But be ready for uh, release four, five, six, and seven and so on. There you go. Yeah, man. Not stopping. <laughs> Before we fully take off, do you have any last words for the listeners? Uh, No, man. Just shout out to you. Really appreciate you. This was great. Yeah, thank you a lot, man. I appreciate that. Uh, you guys are, like I said, you guys are killing it. I'm stoked to see what the future holds hopefully you know california tour goes well and uh see where it takes you from there hope so man we're yeah. excited all right uh like i said follow pit stay up to date and uh i mean i'll catch everyone on the next episode sounds see good you. all right later man Yeah!